in this day that we're living in, as Christians, non-Christians, I'm watching personalities, I'm watching character, and I'm watching how we deal as far as who we are as a people. And we're struggling mightily because in the world that we live in, the world tells us, just be who you are. And so we're living in a world that's telling us, be who you are. Be who you are. Uh, Don't let anybody tell you how to be, but you need to be yourself. And I watch us living our life trying to be who we are. And unfortunately, whoever started to tell us to be who we are because we only live life once, YOLO, because that's the premise that we have out there, that we only live once. And so we must be who we are and do what we got to do. I think that we have missed the mark on what God has to say. And so tonight we'll get into the word of the Lord and see what God has to say about us being who we are. And so let's look into the word of the Lord tonight and see what God says. Tonight I want to talk to you on this topic, renewing your mind, renewing your mind. Uh, Apparently, in the scriptures, God is letting us know that we need to renew our mind. And what that's saying to me or saying should say to all of us in here is that the mind that we have needs to be renewed. So it's not enough. Our mind that we have is sharp as it is. As sharp as it is, as, as, as great as God made our minds, when sin entered into our world in the garden, because the man and the woman that God first put here, when sin entered into our world, the mind didn't work the way God created it and intended it to work. And so now God is saying we need to renew our mind. We need to renew our mind. So in, in Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 23, the scripture says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The first question we ask on our Bible study here, it says, do the challenges of your future. Do the challenges of your future ever put a cloud over a new day? The challenges of your future put a cloud over a new day. And and what it's kind of getting us to understand is we know what we don't know, but we understand and have desires for what the future will bring. But sometimes we can't see so far down the road and can't be excited about what's going to happen down the road because every day challenges are clouding our future and so we have not embraced and we have not looked at our future as being a certainty because of everyday living do you sometimes worry about the things that could happen tomorrow the next few days a month a year and forward we sometimes worry about the future so much that we do not take advantage of the opportunities of today. 
How can we rid our mind of the fears that seek to control us? So God's, as a Christian, God has given us, made us a, a, a future. God has talked about a future. He has promised us a future. God has promised us a future. And the future that God has promised us many times have caused us because of the days that we're dealing with, our days kind of cloud the future that God has promised us. And so today we're going to deal a little bit about how we've allowed the days to cloud the future that God has promised us. And so we rob ourselves from time to time of things and promises that God has made to us because we allow the present moment to rob us of the promises of God. And God has given us every day as an opportunity, but we don't allow the days and we don't use the days to be as opportunities for us. We allow the days to just remind us of just the things that are wrong and that future is in trouble. And so as long as we wake up every day and judge the future of that day, Judge, judge the future according to that day that we wake up to see, then we will never have a future. We will never have a future. So every day we wake up, okay, this is the life today. And so all the challenges that we're dealing with today make us just kind of neglect the future, make us stop thinking about the future, make us kind of, you know, turn our backs on the future or don't make decisions knowing that, God has made us a great promise for our future. So, example A, facing life. Facing life is example A, facing life. Many people find life overwhelming that all they want to do is sleep. <laughs> Too much sleep is a sign of depression or fear of facing your situation. A lot of times... I hate to use this as an analogy, but it happens. You go into certain area of our life. You go into uh, communities where we would call, um, um, what's the proper word that I can use? The inner city. Inner city communities will go in there and we'll see that, you know, sometimes people don't wake up at normal hours. And we might say, well, maybe they went to sleep late. No, they, they just do a lot more sleeping than other people. And sometimes you do a lot more sleeping because you're saying, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with today. And, and even if you go into our, our, our uh, correction facility, you'll see there are some people that do a lot of sleeping because they're saying, I can't deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. And so sleep, uh, extensive amount of sleep could tell us something. And what it could tell us is either we are afraid to face life or we are depressed. So when we're sleeping our life away, depression or afraid to face life. But we got to realize that that's not what God intended for us. In 2 Timothy 1 and 7, the Bible says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So even though we're challenged 
each day with the things that are occurring in our life. We should never allow the day and, 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 and the future to be something where we get concerned and worried about because God says, if you're living your life being fearful, it is not of me. And we should know that the devil can't dictate your future. Only God has the power to dictate your future. Only God has the power to take you where you need to go. The devil don't have the power to do that. The devil can't stop you from doing what God has already intended for you. Whatever God has told you, whatever promise that God has made to you, nobody can stop it but you. Nobody. And so the devil will try to slow stuff down. The devil will try to stop stuff, but he can't. I don't know if you know the scripture in Daniel where there was a scripture where Daniel prayed and the prayer was on its way. The answer to the prayer was on its way, but an angel intervened and the angel was was trying to stop that answered prayer from getting down to earth. But let me tell you, he slowed it down, but he couldn't stop it. So the devil will constantly try to send distraction your way to make you think that what God promised you will not happen. But you have to know as a child of God that God is so powerful. He's all powerful. Whatever promise that God made to you, even through scripture, maybe he didn't tell it to you personally. But when you go into the scripture and you look at what God says about your promise, you have to know it cannot be hindered by anyone but you. The devil sometimes use us against us, make us think that it's him, but sometimes it's not even him. We abandon our, our future sometimes without even noticing that we're abandoning our future. We're doing things that are temporary and we're not doing things that are future and eternally. So sometimes the devil just stand back and say, well, go ahead and do your thing. Go ahead and ruin your life. Go ahead and do whatever you feel like doing. And he's laughing because he's saying what we're doing is not what God said we should do. And it's hindering God's plan for our future. And so God need us to be renewed in our mind because our thinking and our character, we are losing the battle because our character and our way of life is, 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 is hindering us from adapting to the principles and the things of God. What we said, your, I, I, I said this to someone yesterday. And, 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 and it's only because it's ringing in my head that I keep on saying it. And this is what it, 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 I keep saying because Dr. Hughes said it. And that is your normal may not be normal. Your normal may not be normal. What am I saying? I'm saying you living your life feeling like it's all good, everything is okay. But where did you draw that conclusion from? You drew that conclusion from how you think life should be because of what you've been exposed to, because of what you saw. So you feel like, well, I saw this. This is how I live. And so this is normal. So anybody that, that don't agree with this, there's something wrong with them because this is normal. And the way you are living, that's not normal. See, that's a big problem that we're dealing with. What is normal? And so we're living our life thinking that how we're living, that's normal. But who said that's normal? You, whoever you grew up with, 
whatever you saw in your house, whatever you see in your community, that's what you use to determine that it's normal what you're doing. And so you won't let go what you have decided is normal. And so God can help us when we're holding on to what's normal to us, what we've seen. When we're holding on to that and say, this is what I'm doing. This is just how I feel. This is what I think. By holding on to that, we can't do what God wants us to do because we have decided that that what we're doing is normal to us. And that's why God says we need to have our minds renewing. We have to have our minds renewed. Because what we're doing and how we're feeling is not normal. It may have been normalcy in your community and in your house, but it's not normal. So God wants us to face life with a renewed mind. The way how we're facing life is with the old mind. We get born again, but the old mind is still working the same way. And God is saying, I thought you became a new creature when you got born again. So because you are still operating like the old man, even though you're born again, God says we must have our mind renewed. We need to have a renewing of our mind. The national suicide rate, especially among teenagers and children, has been escalating each year because so many people are becoming overwhelmed with the pressures of life. Rayon, let me tell you, people, young people don't want to face life because there's a lot of different things that's happening in their life. And, and, and they make decisions to do things that almost like they don't care, whether it's overdose of drugs or whatever is just living the way they want to because what they're dealing with in their mind, they can't deal with it because it's so much peer pressure. All kind of things that's happening all the time in our life, especially as a young person, you have to deal with every day. And so at, at some point in time, you, you might have to face the situation where you said, it doesn't matter anymore. You can't make that decision that it doesn't matter anymore because God loves you and God has a plan for your life. So you can't allow the things that you're seeing, the things that you're experiencing to make you overwhelmed to the point where you said, it doesn't matter. It does matter. The devil know that God has a plan for your life to do something miraculous in your life, but he wants you to think life doesn't matter. And the only way you're going to understand that it does matter is when your mind gets renewed. If your mind doesn't get renewed, you're going to keep on living your life beneath what God intended for you to be. And you're going to just live just like whatever. It doesn't matter. But that's the old mind. You got to get your mind renewed so you don't live that kind of lifestyle. You got to get your mind renewed. You got to think differently. Don't let your character. Who says that our character is all good? I pray all the time, Jesus, baptize me into your nature that your nature will become my character. I learned how to pray that prayer. I don't even know how sometimes I come up with some of these prayers, but I knew what I was thinking when I said it because Jesus have nature and his nature is holy. His nature is love. He has certain things that is, that's just who he is. That is not what we are. Because we messed our nature up in, in, in the garden. When we was in the garden before we sinned, our nature was like God's. But when we disobeyed God, we took on a sin nature. And so my nature is not good. My character is flawed. And so I don't want to live by my nature nor my flawed character. So in order to get right, I say, God, baptize me in your nature because all of that stuff is good. And hopefully I will allow your nature to be my characteristics. Because my characteristics is flawed. Baptize me in your nature, Jesus. 
But Jesus never asked us to face life as a whole unit. He taught us instead to live life in separate day-type components. So God is trying to get us to live life one day at a time. And we're living life looking at all what's wrong. We're living life looking at all that's going crazy. We're looking at life just, just being overwhelmed by all the things that we can't even see nothing good coming out of anything because we're looking at the big picture. And looking at the big picture is doing God's job for him. Why even look at the big picture as a Christian? Am I telling you not to plan for the future? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying as soon as you start looking at the big picture and get overwhelmed, stop and just go back to that moment and to that day. Because God has your future all under control. You just can't see it because you're not God. You can't understand it because you're not God. So the mess that your life may look like, the mess that you might think that you're in, God is saying, are you kidding me? You're underestimating who I am? Because if you look at your mess and it makes you make certain decisions, if you look at your situation of what has gone wrong and what seemed like it could go wrong and you make decisions off of that, now you're operating without God. You're going outside of God. And we're telling God that he can't change nothing. The only thing God won't change is you. That's the only thing he won't change. So for us to worry about all the things that we're just like, this is not good. I don't appreciate it. And, you know, this happened. So, you know, this is going wrong. And all the things that we're thinking, it doesn't matter. God has your life in control. And the only person that can mess with that is you. If you live a life of, of, of just, you know, doubt and, and a life that just think that God is not able, then you're going to be the one that will be disappointed because God certainly is able to do what he said he would do. So if God says he will do what he said we would do, you can't judge what God is going to do on what's happening to your life. But sometimes we allow that to make us make decisions that is not good. And we, we, we sabotage our future by making bad decisions, by trying to look at the big picture. And God is saying, no, 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 no. One day at a time. One day at a time. One day at a time. Each day of our life is supposed to be lived by itself to the fullest as if we were the very first day and the very last day. So we need to live each day of our life like it's the first and the last day. We don't need to live our life today because we weren't about tomorrow. Jesus himself gave us the formula for living life. Matthew chapter 6 verse 34. Take no take there take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For Tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. God wants us to know, what are you warning about tomorrow for? When we get to be real good Christians, we will plan for tomorrow, but we won't worry about tomorrow. I'm not saying it's easy to do. Plan for tomorrow, but don't worry about tomorrow. Because your God, the one that created you, he knows all about tomorrow. When I pray in the morning, I say, God, I don't know what's going on today. I don't know all that will transpire today. But you knew this day before the foundation of the world. Here I go messing with God. I said, you knew what this day would be like before the foundation of the world. You know everything that will transpire in this day. 
So if you see fit, God, just give me a little insight to what may happen. Show me what to do, where to go, how to live, what to say, because you know everything. Let me be prepared for the people I will meet, the people I will come face to. Let me be ready because you already know. He already knows. So that's kind of how I talk to him in the morning about that day because he's already informed. He knows what that day is going to be like. God's perfect plan is for us to live one day at a time. That sounds wonderful, but it is really possible to live one day at a time. B, a new day, a new beginning. With each day, God gives us a fresh start. His plan is that yesterday's hurt shall all be forgiven and yesterday's failure should all be left behind. Now, that's what God wants us to know. The world don't look at things like that. So you got to realize that what God is doing for you and what God is instructing us in the word, that's not how people of this world look at it. They live by a different set of guidelines. We live by the word of God and they live by the standards of this world. So you can't expect people to understand how you're rolling, so to speak, because they don't understand. But we got to realize that whatever mess we made yesterday, when we start a new day, God says new day. Whatever failures we had yesterday, God said, don't worry about that. New day today. New day today. But our problem is we allow yesterday's failure to come over in today. We allow yesterday's situation to come over today. And as long as it's following you, there is nothing that you can do positive in today because you're worrying about the stuff. What did um, Dr. Hughes say Sunday night? He said that he is the kind of person that when stuff go wrong or when he make uh, do wrong and whatever goes on in his life, instead of him forgiving, instead of him just putting it behind him, he take it everywhere he goes, which means his problem is with him wherever he go. I'm not carrying the baggage with me. Once the problem is dealt with, I'm leaving it where it is. Let me go because as long as I'm carrying that bag, Brother Darryl, I can't be free to enjoy that day. I need to enjoy that day. This is the day that the Lord has made. If I'm not rejoicing and be glad in the day, it means I must have allowed some other things that's negative to be in my life. Because what? How are we going to rejoice when things is all negative? How are we going to rejoice when we're bringing baggage that of uncertainty? How are we going to rejoice? So in order to rejoice, you got to make that day a fresh day. It got to be a fresh start, a new day. Look at what the scripture says in, 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 in Lamentations chapter 3. I love of lamentations here it says in lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 it is of the lord's mercies that we are not consumed it means because god is so merciful we are not consumed but if god didn't have mercy we would be destroyed a long time ago it is of the lord's mercies that we're not consumed why because his compassion fail not so god is always compassionate towards us and so because he's always compassionate towards us his mercies will keep us verse 23 says they are new every morning God's compassion is new every morning. God's mercy is new every morning. If God is starting over with you brand new every day, why aren't you starting off with you brand new every day? You're doing, you're, you're worse off than how God, God is trying to do something and you're going the opposite. God says, I'm starting you off brand new. 
I forgot about yesterday. I'm not into yesterday. Not worrying about it. So just like I'm starting off new, looking at you as brand new today, you need to do the same for your life. Not worried about yesterday. God said if you repented and you gave your heart to me, I'm not worried about yesterday. I'm talking about today. Remember I told you, and I, I just understand how the Lord works. I wish I, was, I, wish I lived as, as perfect as I understand the Lord. I wish I was living that perfect. But what I understand about the Lord is we're here. Remember I said this the other night at prayer. She knows because she was here. And I said we have to understand why do we say when we, get in, when we wake up, why do we say thank you Jesus? Most of our thank you, Jesus, for waking up is so we can enjoy the day. And so it's selfish. Whenever we wake up, we say thank you, Jesus. It's selfish. And usually what we're telling them is thank you for giving me a chance to enjoy my flesh. Yes, yes, yes. When we wake up each day, what God has given us the opportunity for, for two things. Get our relationship better with him and help him with his purpose. So if you're saying thank you, Jesus, for giving me one more day to get my life right with you, to get closer to you and to help you with your purpose, then thank you is, in, is appropriate. But if you're just waking up saying, boy, I'm glad I'm six. I'm not six feet under. I'm breathing. I'm living. I got on clothes. If that's what you're thanking him for. Forget it. You know why? To be with the Lord is better than to be in this world. If I'm dead today, right now, and go to heaven, it's better than waking up a thousand years over in this world. So why would I want to be in this world? When you are a real bona fide Christian, answer that. Why would you want to live in this world as a real bona fide Christian when it's better to be with God, be in his presence, where there's no more crying, where there's no more pain, where you don't have to worry about nothing else? What's better? To be with the Lord. So I don't want to be here unless my being here is my relationship with you, God, ain't that good. And if you come right now, I'm not going to make it. So thank you for this day. So I'm going to make this day count. You see why every day is supposed to be done brand new? I'm going to let this day count that I can make better what I didn't do yesterday. And then the next thing is, all right, Lord, you allow me to be here. Why? There's still people on my job that don't know you. There's still people at the supermarket that I run into that don't know you. There's still people in school that I mesh with that don't know you. There's neighbors that don't know you. There's so many people that don't know you, and I want to help you with your cause because you came into this world to die for all of them that don't know you. Let me help you out, Jesus. I want to help you out. I want to roll with you because for what you did for me, Man, I owe you a whole lot. So what can I do to help you? Those are two reasons for waking up every day. How can I help the Lord? And how can my relationship with him be any better? Now, I'm not telling you God don't want you to enjoy the day, to enjoy people. I'm not saying that. But if you remove those two things I'm talking about and all you're doing is waking up to enjoy the world and enjoy people, what good is that? At the end of the day, when Jesus comes, you won't make it. So I don't want to just be here just to enjoy people and enjoy this world and enjoy, you know, my flesh. I want to, I want to do the things God wants me to do, and that's what I'm going to say thank you for. Verse 24, the Lord is my portion 
saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. God is looking for people that will wait on him, that will seek him. God's word teaches us that there are two days about which we should never fret. Yesterday and tomorrow. How many of us beat ourselves up for the things that we did wrong? And we bring it over into today. You know, we do wrong, we bring it over. What are you bringing it over for? You can't do nothing about it. I remember a long time ago, because my mom is a worryhead, I told her, I said, listen, why are you worrying about stuff that's out of your control? I've always felt that way. Why worry? Let me, I shouldn't worry about anything. But if I'm going to worry about something, let me worry about something that I have total control over that I'm not doing something about it. Now, that's what I need to focus on. Things that I have control over, but I'm not doing anything about it. But the things I have control over, why should I worry about it? Shouldn't. Right? Cloudy days. Bad days have a way of growing into bad weeks, which have a way of becoming bad months, which can turn into bad years. That's so true. Before you know it, you don't put five years in. That's just a mess. You look back, it's been seven years of just a mess. And all it did was started out with one day. One day. Something went haywire, something went wrong, something went out of control one day. And that one day became two days. Then it became a week. Then it became a month. Then it became a year. Then it became years because of one day. We shouldn't hold ourselves hostage to one day. Listen, God told me a long time ago that sin is not our problem. I won't stop saying that. Because he gave us the remedy for it. So when we don't, when we make a mess, when we do wrong, God says that will not hold you hostage if you don't let it. Because I've already gone to the cross to take care of that sin. So all you have to do is come to me and repent. I already, I'm just ready to forgive you of that sin. So come to me. I'm faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So God wants us to know if I'm not letting something hold you hostage, why are you holding yourself hostage? Why are you worrying about what happened yesterday? You can't do anything about it. And whatever is going to happen from it that's bad, just lock yourself in arms and arms with God. So when the sky is falling, you know you're walking with God. That's all you can do. When the things that you did wrong is catching up to you, don't even worry about it. All you have to do is make sure you're with Jesus. The three Hebrew boys that got thrown in the fire, God didn't pull them out of the fire. What did he do? Thank you very much. So that's what we should be looking forward to. Not for God to get us out of stuff. God, get me out of this. No, you made a mistake. You did wrong. You're going to have to deal with it. But deal with it while God is with you. That's all that matters. Deal with the situation while God is with you. Because it's best to deal with the situation with God in your life than to deal with it on your own. 
So it's okay, but don't bring tomorrow, yesterday into today because there's nothing you can do about it. It's already a done deal, nothing. And whatever the consequence is that need to come with that, let it come. Just be locked in arms with God. Tomorrow, you can do nothing about tomorrow because you're not the shot caller of what's going to happen tomorrow. So don't worry about it either. Trust God. God is so good if we really think about this stuff and do what he tells us to do. When things begin to happen in our life, it becomes a pattern. It affects our thinking processes and become very hard to break. We got to make sure when things are getting crazy in our life that we don't let it just totally get the best of us. After a while, we begin to expect disaster from each new day, and we are not surprised when disaster is exactly what we get. Living like this interferes with your relationship with God. When something really bad happens in your life, you got to really go to God with it. Deal with it, you and God, and then leave it alone. Because if you don't do that, you're going to live your life always on edge. Worrying about the next big disaster that's going to happen. And if you live your life like that, you can't really serve the Lord. You can't really have a good relationship with God. How can you have a good relationship with someone, including the Lord, when you're constantly preoccupied by worrying about something that could happen? You can't. You're preoccupied. Your mind is constantly where it should not be because you're worrying about something because of what happened in the, pro- in the previous time. So, I don't know. And you keep worrying about it. And you keep worrying about it. That's not God's will for our life. God wants us to have a full and complete and blessed life with him. It may come to a shocking realization, but spiritually, nobody has to be a victim. I like that. We walk around sometimes, Sister Hadiyah, as victims. You know, if just people will just understand, if people will treat me differently, I know I made a mistake and this is what... God don't want you walking around with no, like no victim. You're a child of God. And remember this. If God ain't, and I'm saying ain't, if God ain't holding it to your charge, if God ain't worrying about it, don't worry about what nobody else worrying about about you. God ain't worried about it. God said, I went to the cross and got beat. I bled. I got mocked and persecuted. So when you did wrong, you were able to be free from it and not be bound by it forever. So when we allow people to hold us hostage, we make his death of none effect. He's saying, I did all that. Why are you walking around all hurt up and victim up? When I did all this stuff for you, you don't have to be anybody's victim. Don't let anybody make you or you don't make yourself a victim. You messed up? You messed up. Keep on moving. You got a question that's going to keep us on the lesson or should it wait till after the class? All right, go ahead. 
I'm not understanding what you mean. You're never a victim. You're never in that position. People can look at you as a victim, but until you look at yourself as not a victim, that's all that matters. So, 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 so Hadia may say, say to herself, well, you know, you know, I am kind of like a victim because this was done to me. Dr. Hughes cleared it up Sunday night. He was a victim. He was a victim of being molested. And he could have continued to walk around as a victim and he didn't. And that's, you got a lot to be a victim about. When somebody molests you, you have the right to be a victim, in my opinion. But do you want to stay a victim? Or do you want to go to God with it to deliver you and free you from it and not be a victim? Because as a victim, you can't accomplish and can't walk in what God has for you. Whenever we play the victim role, we alleviate God from working our life. What did the scripture say? I'm more than a conqueror. So if I'm more than a conqueror, not a conqueror, more than a conqueror, if I walk around as a victim, I am not allowing the word of God to have effect in my life. Because I'm more than a conqueror, but I'm walking around as a victim. The, that, the victim part is my part. It's not God's part. We're not victims. And so whatever people want to say to us, whatever people want to hold in their mind and in their heart about who we are, that's them. But I'm not a victim. Make sense? What number am I at? What letter? 2A. No one can obstruct God's will for us today without our permission. See that? So whatever God wants to do in your life, nobody can stop it except for you. So no one can obstruct God's will for us today without our permission. So if we don't give people permission to make us a victim, we can't be a victim. If we don't give people permission to do whatever they want in our life, they can't do it to us. No one can keep us from doing God's will today unless we let them. The power is within you. This is between you and Jesus and nobody else can stop the flow because it's only you and God can stop it. Nobody else can stop it. Either God stop it or you stop it. But if God made the promise, he's not going to stop it because God says my promises are yay, yay, yay. So God's not going to make you a promise and back out. So if God's promise is there, the only person that can really stop it is you. He's not going back on his word. So if it stops, it's because you stopped it. The one thing we have at our command is our attitude. We can choose. So, so when we have bad attitudes, we can't blame anybody for that. We can, listen, we can choose to have attitude or not when somebody do something to us. What are we going to do? You, you choose to have an attitude or not. We have that in our control. If you get offended... It's only because you choose to be offended. Did you know that? If you get offended, it's because you chose to be offended. Somebody can do something to me, and it doesn't have to offend me, even though you would think it's something that, that, that's offendable. 
if there's such a word. But the bottom line is I have to choose for it to be an offense to me. And most of the times when we get offended, it means we had expectation of something. And because that something didn't happen, we got offended because of what happened. And the question is, why did you have expectation of something? Are you in that person's head? Do you know what that person is experiencing? Do you know what the normal was for that person? So if you don't know all that, what kind of expectation you're going to have? And so the expectation that you have, it didn't come to fruition. So now you're offended. They were supposed to know better than that. They were supposed to know how to talk to me. Really? Okay. And so now you're offended because they were supposed to know and they didn't do it. How do you know they're supposed to know? <laughs> Our attitude for today is determined by two things. Do we trust the Lord with what happened to us yesterday? Whatever happened in our past, can we put it in God's hand? Can we trust him that somehow it was for the best? Do we believe he knows what he's doing and that he will work it for our good? First, let me take this out of the equation. When you're going through something because of something you did, that's just the way it is. That's the laws of life. You reap what you sow. So don't get that twisted. But if you know you're innocent and you did not do anything for what you're experiencing, that's when your trust in God need to kick in and say, all right, God, I know I didn't do anything. And so this is what's happening to me. I know you know, and you have complete control of what's happening to me. Show me what I need to learn from what's happening. Because I didn't do anything to deserve this. So just show me what I need to learn from this. We like to quote Romans 8.28, for we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Okay, then when you know you're innocent and you didn't do nothing wrong, when it starts to happen, instead of getting mad at who's making it happen, instead of getting mad at the situation, why don't you stop and say, okay, Lord, I didn't do anything to deserve this. Show me what I need to learn from this. And then, again, there's a time where you just got to look and say, yeah, this is coming back at me because of some of the things that I've done. And you just chalk it up. You can, it's still God's law. Either way, it's God's law. What God say? You're going to reap what you sow. If you sow good things, you reap good things. If you sow bad things, you're going to reap some bad things. So if I'm reaping what I sow, I just, again, God just strengthen me as I go through this. But if I know I'm good and I didn't do something wrong to deserve this, then I just got to ask him, show me what I need to understand in this situation two, do we trust the Lord for what will happen tomorrow? No matter what we will face in the future. Do we believe that our times are in his hands that nothing can happen to us except he allows it. Are we going to believe that? Are we going to believe that nothing can happen except he allows it? Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. The devil kind of orchestrated that no even though the devil orchestrated it i had to give the devil permission you getting this that 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 what the devil do you still got to give the devil permission for it to work 
So it's the same kind of deal. What God wants to do, you've got to allow God to do what he's going to do. Because God is big on, I'm not going to go against your will. I'm not forcing anything down your throat. I'm not going to make you. God don't make us. He does a lot of things to protect us, to keep us. He will do a whole lot of stuff to, to just make sure we don't get destroyed. But God will not make us. That's why when he created everything, he put that tree in the middle of the garden that will cause us to know good and evil. He put it there not because he wanted us to do wrong. He put it there so we can develop what is known today as the power of choice. He didn't want us to be robots in how we love him. He wanted us to choose to love him. So still today, God has given us the choice to choose. He is not going to allow in the garden for us to choose. And now today is saying, oh, you're not choosing now. I'm going to make you do it. God not going to make you do anything. He didn't make Adam and Eve do it, and he's not going to make you do it. You have to choose. And that's why we have today in the world people saying, what is going on? Why is this like this? Why is the world like this? Because people are choosing that and not choosing God's word. People are choosing what they want, but they're not choosing God's word. So that's the, the, that's the biggest, if you want to call risk. I know it's not. It's just lack of better term. That's the biggest risk that God took when he created us is giving us the power of choice. That's the biggest risk. He said, I know when I give them the power of choice, some going to choose for, choose me and others won't. And I love them all. My heart is going to break when they don't choose me. But I realize that it's nothing I can do. But if I want them to really live for me the real way and have a real relationship with me, they have to have choice. And so we're mess in many areas because... God gave us the power of choice. So we can determine what we're going to do. If we can truly trust God for our past and our future, it frees us to live today in total liberty. It allows us to have a brand new mind every day. My God. Renewing or renewal of our mind. I'm getting there. The Greek word of Ephesians 4.23 reveals something interesting, reveals some interesting facts about this mind renewal. Paul uses the present tense. In effect, he is saying, go on, continue being renewed in the spirit of your mind. It doesn't just happen once. It is something that is supposed to continue all of our life. Here is where we may have been dropping the ball as Christians. We may have been dropping the ball as, balls as Christians because we think once we get born again, Brother Darrell, we, we start living for God and we think that we're good now. We're obeying God. We're living for God. And so we should be fine. And, 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 and that's not true. We must every day trust the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, as we'll see, to renew our thinking we, when we sin against the God, when we sin in the garden and we sin against God, constantly every day we live our life battling our desires because of our sin. 
Our nature changed from being godly when we were first created to a nature of sin. So our flesh, our minds desire to sin. Not because we're trying to be just wicked, crazy, evil people. It's just, it start it eat away at us. Now we desire sin more than we desire God because of what happened in the garden. So as long as you live this life, as long as you walk this walk in flesh and blood, you will be challenged every day by your flesh to see what you will do and what you won't do. Every day, every person will have to deal with this every, every day. We can't get around it. So every day, in order to beat the flesh, you're going to have to renew your mind in the spirit or by the spirit, I should say. That's the only way you're going to make it. Secondly, it is written in passive voice, indicating that something is being done to us rather than us doing something. It is the Holy Ghost who renews and revitalizes our mind. We can't do it ourselves. Only the Holy Ghost can make our minds brand new every day. Only the Holy Ghost can make our minds brand new every day. The spirit of our mind, everything in life gets old except God. You like that? But if we do not update our relationship with Jesus Christ every day, it will also get stale. In every relationship, in every relationship, we need to constantly work at our relationship every day. If not, it gets stale. So we got to realize if that's true, if we don't update our relationship with God every day, it will eventually get stale. And so it would be with our spouses, with our children, with our, with our siblings, whatever it is, we will get, our relationships will get stale. One of the greatest tragedies in life is to lose that first zeal, that vigor, that enthusiasm and fire that we receive with the Holy Ghost. If the Holy Ghost doesn't renew and revitalize our mind daily, our old attitudes, old thought patterns, and carnal mindset will come back. So you wonder why you're a woman of God. You're a man of God and you're doing right. But all of a sudden now you find yourself doing wrong because you can't take no days off. The devil don't take no day off. So you can't take any day off. So if you want to worry about why you're struggling, it's because some days, let's face it, I'm like you. Some days I just want to do nothing. Some days I just don't want to engage in anything. Just let me just chill. Not actually physically just chill, but let me just have a day off where my mind is free. I'm not thinking about anything. I'm just going about my business and just enjoying life. And God wants us to know, yes, you can do that, but not until you renew your mind when you wake up that day. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. So no matter how much we want to chill, we better renew our mind before we hit the streets that day. If not, we're going to go in, 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 in auto, autopilot and things are going to happen. And we're going to wonder, what in the world? I can't take a day off? Nope. Because the devil don't take a day off. So you can't go in autopilot. You've got to every day pray, pray, renew, renew your mind in God every day so you don't have to deal with, let me tell you, the, the hardest day, the hardest day, for church people, even the preacher, probably more the preacher, is Monday. Why? 
well, you gave so much on Sunday that in your mind, I just want to chill today. I don't want to think about nothing. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to engage. Just let me chill. Leave me alone. I just don't want to deal with nothing. Yesterday, I did everything for the Lord. Yesterday, I was engaged. And I just want to chill. And so Monday when you wake up, you didn't say a heavy-duty prayer because you felt like, you know what, I was engaged with the Lord on Sunday. Things went good, so I can just say a quick prayer going out the door, and I'm good. And you get to tack hard Monday, and you're wondering, what in the world? I was in church all day yesterday. Why today is so hard? Because you took that day off. (laughs) One of the most unhappy person in the world is a Christian who has a worldly attitude. Christians who do not allow the Holy Ghost to renew their minds every day become casual and nonchalant about their walk with God. Receiving the Holy Ghost is not just an event. It is supposed to be a continuing reality in our present. We know that we love the Lord with our heart, but the Bible also talk about loving the Lord with our mind. Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. A real relationship with God doesn't just involve our emotions only. It also involves our mind, our thinking. Throughout the Bible, the mind is referred to as the center of intelligence. Our spirit is the contact point through which we receive the Holy Ghost. But when the Holy Ghost begins to invade our thinking, our attitude towards life, towards people, and our outlook on circumstances. Here is what it's saying. Remember, I talked to you a little bit about this. The Holy Ghost that lives in us, when we have the Holy Ghost, here is how it works. It's, it's, obviously, it's God. It's the Spirit of God inside of us. Remember I told you when God created us, he created us soul, spirit, and body. And the spirit is always supposed to be the communication mechanism in us. And so before we needed the Holy Ghost, when we was all good, the spirit sends the signal to the soul. The soul sends the signal to the body. That's how we're supposed to communicate. But when we sinned against God, Daryl, the spirit that was in us that sent the, the, the signals, it became non-effective. Because sin made our spirit that we originally had made us non-effective. And it wasn't working like it was supposed to. That's why God had to give us his spirit because our spirit got damaged from sin. So all our spirit really is, is just the life that's in us. But at the origination of it, it was life and it was our communication. But when we messed up, the communication went dead. We cut that off. And so that's why we now need the Holy Ghost because now what happens is the Holy Ghost now pumps the signal into your spirit and your spirit pumps the signal into your soul and your soul tell your body what to do. That's the proper communication that we're supposed to have. But the problem is if we don't allow the Holy Ghost to speak to our dead spirit, then we, 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 we are in trouble. 
Because our dead spirit can't send the signal because it's dead. It won't send any good signals. So it's the Holy Ghost that sends the right signals. So the Holy Ghost causes our dead spirit to receive the signal of what needs to be done. That's why they said the Holy Ghost regenerate, regenerate, recreate, renovate. Because our old spirit is dead. It's only life in us and the communication process of it no longer operates properly. So that's why we need the Holy Ghost really, really bad. We, we make this Holy Ghost out for so many different things. You got so many different people discuss. Ah, they make a big deal about this Holy Ghost and all this stuff. It is a big deal because Adam and Eve messed up. We had the greatest communication with God and we didn't need the Holy Ghost when God created them and put them. We didn't need no Holy Ghost because everything was good. What the scriptures say? God came and talked with them in the day. So it was conversation all day in the garden, Rayon. We didn't need no supernatural communication because we was in our own way. We were supernatural just like God was. And so we can just walk down in the garden. So what you think about this, Jesus? And he said, well, I don't know about that. And we just kick it. And we just kicking it. Everything was good. That's how it was originally. But because we disobeyed him and we went and sin ate the fruit, that sin interrupted communication. There was no need for prayer. We didn't have to pray in the garden. It's conversation all day, every day. But then we messed up. And so now we need to have this supernatural in, in connection in between us to reach God. Because now God says, I can't mess with your sinful ways. You're, you're, you're corrupt now. Before you weren't corrupt. And so I had to get a conduit between me and you in order for communication to go on. Somebody say amen. God is good. Where am I at? I'm almost done. Who's following me? B? 2B. Throughout the Bible, the mind is referred to. No, we got, we got to that. It's, it's um, 3. 3B. If our mind is under the control of the Holy Ghost, then the rest of our being will also be spirit controlled. You see, you see what it's saying? Look, look at look at 3B. It says, if our mind is under the control of the Holy Ghost, then the rest of our being will also be spirit controlled. So if the Holy Ghost, that's why we got to renew our minds every day, because the Holy Ghost idea is the intelligence, the center of communication in our life. Once we get the Holy Ghost, that's the communication that now is supposed to control our life. And so that's how we begin to move forward in life. And so that's why every day we got to make sure when we pray, it means we're saying, Holy Ghost, take control. My goodness. Somebody need to pray that tomorrow. Holy Ghost, take control. Because I don't want to be in control because I'm not good at being in control. As humans, physical creatures, we do not naturally want Jesus to be Lord of our thinking. Our flesh wants to be Lord of our thinking. This is what one of the big challenges are as Christians. We are so in control and so used to our way of being, so used to our, our way of living that it's just, it's, it's, it's not easy for us to, to accept 
God being in control of our life. Why? Because all of our life we was taught to have control of our life. When it's when we when we have to embrace somebody controlling us, we don't want to hear that. Somehow that don't come out right. Somehow that don't sound right when we say God is in control of my life. That we don't like that, even though we know it's the Almighty, Omniscient, Omnipresent, Omnipotent God. Somehow we still feel like eh, I just don't like how that sounds. You know, God in control of my life. No, I'm in control of my life. And so because our subconsciousness won't allow that to happen, we find ourselves not giving God the authority, not giving him the control of our life because it's not part of our nature. Mm -hmm. It's not part of our nature. We want to stay in control. And so to give God control in our life, it is a difficult thing for us to do. Even after receiving the Holy Ghost, our old nature constantly tries to reassert its control over our minds. That's why Paul told us, told us he had to keep his body under subjection daily. It's only through daily prayer, daily renewal. Well, let me say daily renewing of the mind. Many forces try to turn our mind back to the old ways of thinking, our own carnal nature, our unbelieving family and friends, our godless society, and the materialistic environment all try to conform us into their image. Every day you hit the streets, every day you turn on your TV, every day you get on the internet, everything is trying to control your life, trying to get you to go in that direction every day. And so if that's working every day to stop you, then you must work every day to be renewed in your mind, to have control over it. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12 and 2. The Greek phrases the Greek phrases be not conform and be transformed are written in passive voice. This indicates that something is being done to us. The Holy Ghost is working in us to transform us. It is something that we cannot do for ourselves. We can't transform our life. It's the Spirit of God, the power of God. We can let the world conform us to its value its ideas, and its attitude. Listen, transformation can only be done by God. Confirmation can be done by anything. So we can conform to anything, but if we're going to be transformed, only God can do it, and he does it by his spirit. The only way we can be transformed is by the Spirit of God. God using His Spirit to transform us. But everything else we do outside of God transforming us is us conforming to something. We can't let the world conform us to its value, its ideas, and its attitude. Instead, we must activate the transforming power of the Holy Ghost to renew our minds and enable us think like Jesus. How do we activate the Holy Ghost? Here is the key to everything. How do we activate the Holy Ghost? 
prayer according to your understanding. So we must pray according to our understanding, and then we must pray in the Holy Ghost. So if you want to get the Holy Ghost to be activated and to renew your mind every day, you got to pray according to your understanding and pray in the Holy Ghost. Then it says study your Bible, Bible study, meditation, meditate on God, and listen to the preached word. If you do those things, the Holy Ghost will begin to renew your mind each and every day and that's how you will have a different viewpoint a different way of thinking because you will look and understand the Holy Ghost will show you things differently these spiritual activities activate the Holy Ghost in us which in turn activate the process of renewing our mind it is the Holy Spirit that will work in you that will renew your mind there's no other way for your mind to be renewed except by the Holy Ghost so it's important I tell you, I don't know about you, but I've experienced it. I can say a nice little prayer and it will be good and it will work. But somehow when I begin to pray and I start talking in tongues, I just feel something happening that the Holy Ghost begin to do something in me. I remember the other morning I was in the shower and I was praying up a storm, Holy Ghost praying. And I came out the bathroom and Jordan was like, God, Daddy, you was praying in the shower. You was talking in tongues in the shower. I sure was because the Holy Ghost, when it begins to operate, in me. He renews me. And when I come out and when I begin to go about my business, it's different because my mind has been renewed by the Holy Ghost. I can't tell you how important it is to, 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 to allow the Holy Ghost to renew your mind. You can't just settle. You're in a battle and every day the battle is to get you to alienate your God, to get you to go in the opposite direction of your God. And it's only through renewing your mind every day can you make the trip, can you overcome, can you not allow yourself to be challenged. It's by the renewing of your mind. These spiritual activities activate the Holy Ghost in us, which in turn activate the process of renewing our mind. When we consistently involve ourselves in prayer, meditation, Bible study, and the preached word, our mind is renewed and our attitude action reflects it. If your attitude and mind is not reflecting the things of God, you need to stop and go renew your mind. When you make a mistake, when you do wrong, what you need to do is go take a break somewhere, go walk somewhere, get in your car, whatever you got to do, and pray till the Holy Ghost renew your mind. Pray and ask God to renew you. Read the Word of God, but do something to say, I couldn't have had a renewed mind to do what I just did, so let me go back and get my mind renewed. When we constantly involve ourselves in prayer, meditation, Bible study, and the preach word, our mind is renewed and our attitudes and action reflects it. A renewed mind doesn't think like the world, talk like the world, or act like the world. We must pray, meditate, read our Bibles, and hear the preach word until our thinking is changed, until the mind of Christ is formed in us. We're still struggling with things that we shouldn't because our mind has not been changed to become a mind of Christ. Our mind got to be changed. There's some things we shouldn't still be thinking about or worrying about. Our minds need to change.
Because the power of God has renewed it. There's some things I shouldn't be struggling with, Brother Dow. There's some things, some conversations I shouldn't even have because my mind has been renewed. I shouldn't be worrying about certain things. And I see it's 846 and here I am, it's only two more. When our mind is like his, then every day becomes a new opportunity to fulfill God's will. What did I tell you? When you get a new day, it should be, God, thank you for this new day so I can fulfill your purpose. So when we got a renew mind, that's how we will think. A new promise of God to work in our life today. So when your mind is renewed, you look at the day differently. You don't look at the day as a problem. You look at the day as an opportunity for God. Come on, somebody. A transformed mind is a mind that is new every day. What God did and to us yesterday is wonderful, but we must also be transformed in our mind again today. We must have a brand new mind again today. Every day you got to renew your mind. That's our obstacle. That's the challenge. That's what's been messing with us is we take days off. I understand. I'm human just like you. I think like you in some instance where we want to take a day off. Life can be pressured. It can be challenges. We can go through a lot of stuff. And so sometimes we just want to leave me alone. Just let, I don't need to worry about nothing. Let me put my foot up. I don't care. Just let me just be free today. And I understand that, but don't do that until you renew your mind because the devil is looking for an entrance way into your life. And the day you just get up out of your bed and say, Lord, thank you for this day. Guide me, protect me as I go along the way. I love you, Jesus. Thank you. And you go. You didn't renew your mind. But when you stop and take the time to pray till the Holy Ghost overtake you, now the Holy Spirit begins to work in you. You read your word and your mind has been renewed. You're ready to deal with whatever come your way that day because now you're armed and dangerous. You're ready to go. You're focused. You're attentive. You can deal with anything. It's important to really pray every day, but not just say words. Get into deep prayer with God so your mind could be renewed. Somebody thank the Lord real quick before we close out. Thank you, Jesus.